Welcome to the Lawyer Life Podcast. This season, we discuss a topic to help ourselves, other lawyers, and law students navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. On today's episode, we're talking about mental health and mindfulness with our guest, Professor Thomas Telfer. We ask ourselves, what are the keys to keeping well while studying and practicing law? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Darlene! Hello! Hi, happy Friday. You laughed during the intro of the song. I laughed. I'm going to keep that in. It sounded really fast on my end. And I know you said we were going to rush. And then I thought maybe you were like speeding it up. But I did not speed it up. (laughs) Okay, it's so funny. Anyway, perfect for the episode on mindfulness that we're going to rush through our intro. Yeah, because your mind was in fast forward somehow. Are you able to do that to yourself? That's very powerful. That would be really great. Mm-hmm. If I could just make it move to 1.5x, like in the podcast apps, that would be, I yeah, I could use that functionality in my brain. Do you do that? Do you listen to a podcast at one and a half times? I don't. I don't. No, I don't either. No, but I, I don't because I'm not trying to like power blast through podcasts. But uh, if I was trying to listen to maybe an audio book, maybe I would consider it. But anyway, no, one one time speed is good for me. Yeah, it seems counterintuitive to me. I like to hang out with my podcasts. I like to like it's a use it as a time to like relax and chill, not like <laughs> Okay, everybody, let's get all this in at one time. I'll give it a little Actually, you could just record like that always and then people don't even need to do the 1.5. That's just how Mike talks. <laughs> that would make me <laughs> so annoying on top of everything else that's annoying about me. I oh, that I would be like Alvin and the Chipmunks. It would be. That's what it sounds like when you really. I can do this. Check it. Check out my. Uh, <laughs> check out my imitation of. Uh, I'm gonna oh show no! This. Okay, here we go. This is for real. Me, I want a hula hoop. <laughs> That's actually very good. You had that album as a child, right? yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Me too. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's key. It was a it's formational experience to have the Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas album. Anyway, yeah. back to other things. <laughs> Mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Yes. We just spoke. So on the pod today is Professor Thomas Telfer. He is at the Faculty of Law at Western University. Uh, such a great conversation. We'll highlight a few things that we really liked about it. Uh, he's He was very impressive. And I think my favorite thing was he led us through like a little meditation during the interview. Very short, but um, the idea is that in talking to him about what he's trying to do at Western, we wanted to just highlight it for people because what I think is so cool about it is that it it makes it core to the practice of law, right? Like it's not, yeah. as we keep saying on this podcast, like these things are not flaky side issues. These are like, if you want to be a great lawyer, mastering your thinking and your um, stress is like a very big part of our profession. And he gives some really practical tips on, on how to do it, why it's important, how he came to it, which is also very interesting. And, you know, part of our whole goal of just think about things a bit more broadly and hopefully people enjoy it. Yeah, this is obviously this is the back to school season. This is our final episode of the back to school season. I should have said that earlier. Um, uh, and so useful for law students. That's what this is for. Also generally useful for, for people in the profession that, that kind of made me think like, okay, it, 
our brains are really what we use. <laughs> this is obvious to say. Um, you know, our brain. If if you we need to treat our brains like a Ferrari or some high performing sort of thing, uh, and need to make sure that they're that our brains are nourished and well treated so that we can be the best at at what we do. And just last night, I was watching a this like documentary ish thing on Netflix about the brain. And they interviewed one of the world's leading like memory competition winners. And she meditates all the time uh, and talked about mindfulness. And it shows studies show that actually that drastically increases your, uh, your ability to, to um, remember stuff uh, is mm-hmm. if you do meditate uh, and be mindful. So this is all, yes, useful for students, useful for practicing lawyers, useful in our normal lives. Um, and the other thing, I would say is um, anybody who is experiencing mental health issues, read about Professor Telfer's experience. Uh, CBC is a great article. We'll link to a couple of them in the notes. We touch on it in this interview. Um, you know, he struggled with depression and he speaks about this often. Um, and so he's one of, it, it's not common in our profession, uh, you know, for people to really speak so openly about their mental health issues. And I think that he's so incredible and notable um, for that too. So um, some great stuff in this episode. And can I just be a little bit provocative with this mental health issues stuff? Like, I think, let's just add some something provoke, provoke away. Um, you know, I think all lawyers have mental health issues. And I think the issue is not, um, I think it's a spectrum of, of difficulties, right? But I think all of us yeah. go in with this, I, we're very brain heavy people. And we're very much like our thoughts rule the day. We're very opinionated. Um, we've probably a lot of us gone through our whole lives being told like, oh, you should be a lawyer. You're such a good arguer. Or, you know, you really firmly hold your opinions or whatever. Um, and mindfulness is really about like making sure that those opinions serve you well, you know, and that they're right. not operating counterproductively or, you know, honestly, like counterproductively to your clients too, because sometimes that those runaway thought patterns are, are, are counterproductive in a, in a client file too. So um, I think that it would be easier if we would stop just pretending that this is like someone else's issue. I think the question is, you know, is it critical problem that's like impeding functionality or is it something that, um, you know, we've grown accustomed to a certain level of and becomes unproductive at certain points. So I think our goal is let's assume that we all have you know, work to do on expanding to a more mindful, um, less ego driven way of approaching the world. And, you know, this is, I think, I don't know what my reaction to that would have been hearing it uh, first day of law school, but the world has changed. (laughs) So I think people are more thinking in these lines, but I think we just need to start saying, okay, let's assume, let's start with the, the position that everyone can make improvements in this area and lawyers as high achieving people, it's almost more incumbent on us to do it because we need to just have such a good, strong mental game for our profession. I don't know. Is that fair? Is it provocative? You got, yeah. You got to service the brain Ferrari. That's it. That's the a very, uh, <laughs> not the way that I think about it. <laughs> but that's why it's good that we have the, uh, the gender balance on our, you're so not a Ferrari. No, cars. No, no, no. Don't stereotype me. <laughs> I know nothing about cars. I probably know more because nothing. my son is like Mr. Cars. Um, I would think of it more like it's just a piece. It's like going to the gym. It's like a piece of health yeah. that has to be done. And it's not optional. You know, how you do it is is the thing, you know, 
It's the mm-hmm. same as fitness. Like it's not really optional to be in good physical condition, but how you stay in good physical condition is like very individual. So anyway, that's where I would start. And I think uh, Ferrari, Jim, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fine. You don't like my metaphor, darling. I get it. I do like it. That's it's okay. just you're not a Ferrari type of guy. It's not like cars come up <laughs> that often. So I'm just kind and of shocked. And Ferrari is not even a cool car anymore. I don't know. I think a Whatever. Ferrari is a cool car. I would, be, I would think it was cool. I couldn't even picture a Ferrari if you paid me. Um, okay. We're having too much fun. This is too fun. Okay. So, so we're, we're having a lot of fun. But uh, I want to do the bio of Professor Thomas Telfer, and then we'll, we'll pitch the, to the interview. How does that sound? Sounds good. Okay, so here comes the bio. Professor Thomas Telfer has been a member of the Faculty of Law at Western University since 2002. His research and teachings uh, include bankruptcy law, contracts, and mindfulness. He's a frequent speaker on mental health issues and mindfulness, uh, and his speaking engagements uh, have included speaking at the Victoria Supreme Court in Melbourne and the Law Society of Newfoundland and Labrador. Two years ago, he launched the Mindfulness Ambassador Program at Western Law, Uh, And for his work in mindfulness, he received a Leadership in Wellness Award of recognition. He's currently teaching a new upper year course called Mindfulness and the Legal Profession as part of a three-year teaching fellowship at Western. Uh, This fall, he will be speaking on mindfulness at the annual conference of the Federation of Law Societies of Canada. And finally, his work on mindfulness has been featured on CBC Radio and in Canadian Lawyer. And with that, here is Professor Thomas Telfer. Thank you so much. Happy Friday to you. How's the week been so far? Uh, busy with the return of classes. It's been it's been actually a great week. Cool. Well, again, thanks for coming on. We're so excited to have you. Obviously, we're going to get to the topic of mindfulness and mental health. Um, this is the last episode of our back to school season, so I'm very excited to finish up with those topics. But before we get there, we'll ask you the question that we've asked everybody else that's appeared in this season. Um, who were you when you started law school and what were your expectations? A long time ago, I graduated class of 1988 and I still remember the very first day of law school. We gathered at the Great Hall at Western and uh, I think along with every other student, there was a sense of real anxiety of starting this new program and uh, wondering whether uh, I could actually do the program with so many uh, talented people in the same school. Yeah, that sort of trepidation, unease. I felt the same way, having no idea what was to come. I think it's a common experience for people entering school. So as things started to unroll and as you, you know, were more involved in law school, what was the experience like for you? Is it? It was a great experience. The school at Western has a small group program, and I was able to connect to uh, a group of students that we had classes together. And uh, that's the the one advantage of a small group program is it allows students to connect to each other and and form connections or a sense of community. And I think that was really important in my uh, first year of law school. But I, I had no idea uh, what law school was going to be like. Nobody in my family had had uh, gone to law school. And what I really knew about law school was what I had seen on television and movies. That's so funny. I had the same experience. I mean, no parents, no family members that were lawyers. I didn't know any lawyers growing up. It seemed like a complete mystery to me. Why 
is there that mystique or uncertainty about law school? A lot of students don't know what, what's going on when they enter. Is there a reason for that? I, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the myth of, uh, of actually being a lawyer and that many of the images we receive in the media, television, movies, portray a really artificial uh, life of lawyers and it's all about going to court and uh, these things are truncated down into a, a 50 minute episode on television and it, it's just so unrealistic. There's so many different aspects of the practice of law that uh, people just aren't aware of when they're starting out. Yeah. You've mentioned one of the things that helped you get along in law school is building community with that small group and so on, having having people to lean on. Are there other things that helped you succeed, be fulfilled, cope, get along? I think the other thing that helped is uh, formation of uh, small study groups of two or three people uh, doing practice exams with uh, a couple of my friends just and then talking things out. So, so a study group was also a bit of a support system in, in the law school beyond the small group because it was uh, just a few people. And uh, in, in preparing for exams and so forth, we would also share stories of what it was actually like as a law, what like to be as a law student. And uh, I think those study group connections uh, really helped as well. Yeah, we've had um, some great feedback from Dean Dodek, Darlene as well. Folks talking about it's really important to do those practice tests, get into place and time. You're going to write exams. Great way to prepare. Um, so students take that to heart. Very true. That's great. What we're excited about to talk to you about specifically today is mindfulness, uh, as we've hinted at. So can you walk us through how you first encountered the topic, the word? Um, what brought you there? Yeah, I've been an academic for about 25 years, and I didn't discover mindfulness until 2014. And actually, I really didn't discover it. It found me out. Uh, I found myself in 2014 in hospital being treated for depression, and I noticed on the schedule there was something uh, called mindfulness, and I really had no idea what that was. I never heard of it before, and I discovered it involved uh, sitting in a circle and breathing, and I found it just counterintuitive to my entire career, which had been focused on productivity. And uh, that's how I first discovered uh, mindfulness. There's a lot of talk about that word right now, but how would you describe it for people who may be new to it? Yeah, mindfulness uh, has been classically defined by leading scholar John Kabat-Zinn. And his definition is mindfulness is paying attention to the present moment on purpose without judgment. And it's really about uh, living in the present moment. So if you take that definition and think, think uh, about how it might apply, uh, sometimes the best way to describe mindfulness is to say what's not mindfulness. So many of us get in our cars and drive from A to B or on the subway going from A to B, and we're really on autopilot, and we're, we don't even notice what, what's around us or what we've been we're seeing. Or you go for a walk, and you get to your destination, and you have no real memory of what you saw. 
you're really on autopilot and you're not being present in the moment. You might be focused on your to-do list and uh, living in the future, not in the present. Right. Well, that's a good it, explanation for sure. Totally. I think the three-pronged element, very intuitive for lawyers, very pleasing. There are three pieces. I can unpack this. I'm very comfortable. <laughs> that works really well. Uh, that's awesome. On that note, can you help us unpack that third piece, the without judgment? So we're being present in the moment with purpose, without judgment. Can you walk us through why that's important? Yeah, that's a real key part of the, of the definition in that uh, one of the best ways to connect with your, with your present moment is focusing on the in-breath and out-breath. And so when you're actually sitting listening to a guided meditation, and we'll call that uh, meditating on the cushion, um, you are will encounter thoughts and distractions. And the idea is just not to judge those thoughts and engage in, say, negative self-talk. And so uh, the idea is to notice the thought and, and let it go rather than to judge yourself for having a thought and, and because you'll just chase that thought down so, for example, um, a student might get distracted on uh, um, a meditation and start thinking about the mark they received on their first assignment and uh, be distracted by that and then start believing negative thoughts that you didn't do as well as you thought and you, uh, you're, not, you're not a great law student and you're judging yourself. And so the idea is to notice that you're having that thought and then just let it go. Right. Super important skill to have. Um, I'm curious as well. So you spoke about the first time you encountered mindfulness, these people sitting, you know, in a circle on pillows, and how that was different from how you were driving yourself professionally at the time you had a more, I would say, kind of like typical bit where you were really hyper focused on productivity. I think that that's something that the profession channels and people significantly. So and I know that your courses are really um, popular and fill up. And so I suppose in that way, you're preaching to the converted possibly. But in general, when you're talking to law students or professionals about mindfulness, how do you position it so that it's clear that this is something that will assist you in your work and not be a hindrance or a time waste or whatever? What's what's your view on that? Yeah. So uh, just in terms of student demand, I just met with my first year non-credit course, uh, 25 students. And this year, the class filled within five minutes. So there was a lot of on demand and with 27 students on the wait list. Uh, but in terms of convincing students, one of, one of the starting points I start with is the statement by the Law Society of Ontario that lawyers are at a higher risk for things than the general population for things like depression, anxiety, substance abuse, and uh, suicide. And so in that same document, the Law Society recommended a series of things that actually could improve mental health and well-being, things like uh, getting enough sleep, diet, exercise, and along with those uh, common sense and, and, and really well-known recommendations, the Law Society also recommended a mindfulness practice. So that's one way I'm able to uh, persuade students that it's in their interest to, to take up a mindfulness uh, course. 
But the other part of that, I think you can go further than the law society in that, yes, it might help improve mental health and well-being, but it's also uh, what I'm interested in is whether it can enhance legal skills. And there's scientific studies on mindfulness that mindfulness actually enhances cognitive function, memory, and concentration, and that's something important for a lawyer. Talk about that on the podcast a lot, just saying that the the lawyer way is to consider these things to be fringe issues. And what we believe is that actually, if you're interested in being a great lawyer, getting a hold of the that difference between your thought and the reality is just fundamental. You know, it's a key to being a high performing lawyer. It's not, you know, that's what we love about what you're doing at Western, it's core. You know, you're bringing this into the absolute middle of the discussion about what it is to be a lawyer and that's that's so fantastic and hopefully by talking about it on the podcast others will follow in your example we are hearing that there are other um law firm or law schools doing it so that's good but to be a pioneer is a great thing thank you you mentioned earlier and you've done other interviews which we'll put in our show notes you know you've been open about the mental health issues that you've experienced. Um, One thing that we try to do on this podcast is speak openly about things that folks in the profession don't often speak on. So you've been so forthcoming with your experience with mental health issues. Has that, have people told you that it's helped them, students, professionals, otherwise help them deal with their own mental health issues? I think so. Uh, Several years ago, I made a decision to not hide any more in terms of my own mental health story and I've shared with with uh, many people that I'm a survivor of uh, a suicide attempt and I think uh, speaking out with my own story uh, can help others who are uh, also uh, maybe struggling with their own mental health issue but not willing to come forward and then when they hear discussion uh, public discussion then they might be more persuaded that's okay to talk about because there's a real stigma still attached to mental health, especially in the legal profession. Totally. And that's the one thing too, with the, you know, right now there's an epidemic of like despair, right? Like a lot of people have this despair. And I think that where it gets so powerful with mindfulness is just to realize that like your thoughts aren't the reality, you know, they're the thoughts and um, you can have an input and it is, you can interpret that input, but your interpretation isn't the reality. It's just your thinking. And if you can change your thinking, you can feel better. I was going to say, I had a student um, last year at the end of the mindfulness course approach me and she said, you know, um, I didn't realize how much time I was spending in my head with my own thoughts until I took this course. And as you say, sometimes your thoughts become reality, even though there's no real evidence to support uh, the thoughts. So I think, I think with the mindfulness practice, it helps you step outside uh, the sort of um, endless spiral of thinking with your own thoughts. Well, yeah, and at law school, I mean, what people are going through now, that, that first bit of time where you're, you're there, you're feeling uncomfortable, you're not sure what to think, frankly, And I think sometimes other people's thoughts become the narrative. So if you heard someone say, if you do poorly in in your uh, contracts class, you'll never get a job. 
you can interpret, you can like absorb that and not even realize that you absorbed it, right? So you're, you're sitting, you're walking around feeling really stressed because your story in your mind that you haven't even taken a minute to observe, you know, and, and be aware that it's gotten in there is that there's some dire consequence to the situation that you're facing. So, um, you know, even if students aren't getting at this in their uh, curriculum or formally at their law school, it's just worth spending the time on it um, generally. So to that end, you know, do you have some quick tips for our listeners that are just starting law school or going through it, you know, about a couple of mindfulness exercises that they might be able to incorporate? Yes, there's uh, a lot of um, applications or apps on the on the internet that uh, will allow you to listen to guided meditations. Uh, but to to a quick exercise is one that I also teach. Is you don't need a phone app. You don't listen, need to listen to anybody. And it's something you can do on your own. And it's called the Take Five uh, meditation. And this comes from the materials designed by Mindfulness Without Borders. And one of their meditations is Take Five. And it's it's a real simple exercise that focuses on five breaths. And it can be done anywhere, anytime. It can be done going into class. It can be done as you sit down to write an exam. Uh, it can be done when you're studying and, and not really being able to focus so would you like me to, to describe that meditation? Please, yeah, yeah, that would be very helpful. So the idea is to, to uh, you can ideally do this in a sitting position uh, where you're allowing both soles of your feet to connect to the floor. And the idea is to turn one hand palm up to the ceiling. And this is your counting hand. At the end of each breath cycle, you will fold one finger into the palm of your hand until all five fingers are folded. So you're simply breathing in and out and counting one, two, et cetera. And so the idea would be breathing in, breathing out to the count of one, breathing in, breathing out to the count of two, breathing in, Breathing out to the count of three. Breathing in, breathing out to the count of four. And finishing with breathing in, breathing out to the count of five. And it's something that you can do. Um, you, you don't actually have to use your counting hand if you want. You can count in your head. And nobody knows needs to know that you're doing this. Uh, in class right before class starts, for example. Oh, I think you've just made Darlene and I the most relaxed we've ever been while recording this <laughs> podcast. That was lovely. Very much into it. So you've spoken about take five, super helpful. You've spoken about getting involved and having a community. Are there any other tips that you would give law students um, on how they can avoid undue stress, feel fulfilled, you know, enjoy their law school experience? In terms of tips for students is uh, taking time out from your studies for, for exercise or connection with other law students on a social basis rather than uh, 
being in the law school and in the library at all times. So I think that's a very healthy perspective. There's usually a clubs week early on in most law schools uh, agenda or schedule. And I think joining a club is also an ideal opportunity to, um, to connect with other people. And it's interesting. I had a student uh, speak uh, who had taken the course, mindfulness course, two years ago, and she shared with the entire first-year class, you know, in terms of why you might want to take this course. And one thing she said is it gave her a sense of community within the law school away from her classroom. And she said, even if you don't take this course, really make an effort to find a sense of community within the law school. And it, she said it was really helpful to her to find that. So I think that's a key thing for, for law students, is finding that connection or community within the law school. Such a great note to start to finish on. I do have some more questions, though. And before I get those questions, I want to say to our listeners, it sounds like we're telling you to add all these things to your schedule, and that can be overwhelming, you know, time for exercise, you know, time for mindfulness, all these sort of things. I would encourage you to look at it as an investment. You know, it, don't get overwhelmed. These are foundational things that it that will help you succeed. And I, I remember being in that position, thinking it's unimaginable to get out for a 20-minute run or spend time with friends. But that stuff can be actually more important than reading your case summary for the fifth time in a row. Uh, that stuff will set you up for success. It will be an investment that pays dividends. You know, um, what do you think, Thomas? Is that true? Absolutely. And it's, it's very easy to say, I don't have time to. Uh, so I recall when uh, we had a mindfulness session a few years ago uh, before we introduced the actual course. And a student told me he was not going to attend the session because he was far too busy to meditate. Uh, and it's easy to say you're far too busy to go exercise. And I think the ideal thing is to make it part of your actual schedule, that you schedule something in that's non-negotiable, that you will go to the to the gym or take that time out for the walk uh, in your schedule. And I think it will pay dividends and perhaps uh, enhance your, your study and focus skills. Perfect. Well, speaking of taking time away, uh, now we will go to a quick break and we'll come back with our goods and gripes. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in-house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us. Thomas, do you have a good or a gripe? Uh, I have one gripe. Uh, it's interesting. I have a cat named Pumpkin, and uh, every every time I go to meditate, and I turn on a guided meditation, he will inevitably hear that sound and will annoyingly crawl into my lap and purr and initially i thought that was uh 
uh, quite a distraction, but eventually I, I just gave up and uh, now enjoy that. So it was an initial gripe, but now it's something I enjoy. That's hilarious. That's great. I have a cat named Cecil. Uh, not as good of a name as Pumpkin. Hey, and, and for the time of year, I mean, you can't get a better cat name as Pumpkin Spice Latte. <laughs> Real pumpkins, pumpkin cats, whatever. <laughs> okay, Darlene, do you have a good or a grape? I have a good on point. Um, and I'm going to just do a shout out to the, the things that I use in my own mindfulness practice, which could be better, can be improved. But uh, the things, that the tools that I use, um, I use an app called Insight Timer. And they have all these different free meditations available. Plus, you can subscribe to follow different uh, people. I, you know, everyone can choose what works best for them. Um, but one of the uh, interesting things about that app is you can just time and you can see how many other people are doing it. You can track how many days in a row you've done it. So for the high achieving law student, I find that there's a bit of a uh, performance <laughs> element in that app that can sometimes be be uh, good or bad, depending if that's good for you. And then the other good I would say uh, in line with that is that I have been reading a book by the person that Thomas uh, referred to, John Kabat-Zinn. It's a book called Wherever You Go, There You Are. And I think for law students getting to law school in the last couple of weeks in a new city, lots of them, um, the truth is you're not a different person. You bring a lot of the same stuff with you. And then you also have to grapple with all the new stuff on your plate. So I find that book to be very helpful and uh, in, in centering your thinking. So just not that anyone's going to be doing any reading, but there are audiobooks to listen to on the walk. To school. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, how about you, Mike? Yeah, I have a good not necessarily completely related to mindfulness, but um, I don't know. I think some people might be able to relate to this thing. It's a movie called Book Smart, uh, directed by Olivia Wilde. Uh, you might know her as an actress. Uh, all female writing team, all female leading cast. About two high school students who realize that they've just like been too type A about high school, focused on marks and getting into good schools and not actually like enjoying their time. Uh, and so it's the last night before graduation. And they decide they're going to go to like the big party and live their lives uh, like the other high school students have. Um, it's just so much fun. It's kind of a new take on that like traditional high schoolish movie from the 90s and 2000s. Um, it's funny. It's energetic. The music is great. So uh, I'd highly recommend it. I was going nuts on Twitter as we were watching this. This is just like so much fun. Um but anyway, getting back to the episode here, I just want to say to Thomas, Professor, um, thank you so much for the time and guidance that you've given to us today. Uh, I think many people will benefit from it. And thank you as well for more broadly benefiting and helping out so many people, sharing your story and giving people practical tools um, to make their lives better. I, I know with you know the difficulties of the profession, these sort of mindfulness tools can really change somebody's perspective and life so much. So um, thank you for uh, doing that, <laughs> and thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you very much for having me here. Of course, and I guess, Darlene, that does it for today. We're all done, yeah? Talk soon. Okay, we will talk soon, uh, later. Bye for now. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Interalia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. 
We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.